What is good, everybody, man? This is your guy, Manny, and this is the Talking Sports with Manny YouTube channel. Welcome to another episode of the Back Row Commander Show. I know it's been a long minute since I've done a show for the Back Row Commander Show, but on today, we're going to be talking about William Jackson III. We're going to be talking about the linebacking issue for the commanders. We're also going to be talking about Jahan Dotson and his progression with OTAs and camp and, and things of that nature. And we're also going to talk about Chase Young, Logan Thomas timeline to coming back this season. Also, we're going to talk about the first preseason game for the Washington Commanders. But without further ado, I'm going to run my intro and we're going to get this show on the pocket. Let's get it. So, guys, man, uh, it's, I'm so excited to be back once again. Welcome to the Back Row Commander Show. You guys can find this podcast just about everywhere. Apple, Spotify, Google. Just find it, subscribe, give me a rating. I would kindly appreciate it. But before we get started, I wanted to talk about the cornerback situation. Obviously, we have Kendall Fuller, William Jackson III, uh, Benjamin St. Juice. Hopefully, he has a season where... You know, things are better for him, and these concussions that, that he's had that plagued him his rookie season are forever gone because we need a, a healthy Benjamin St. Juice out there on the field. But William Jackson III, um, got to pull up this stat that uh, somebody somebody that I follow on Twitter was able to uh, post today. Made a lot of sense. Made a lot of sense. I forgot who posted it, but he's, ah, I got to find it. Kareem, Kareem. So I got to find this uh, this stat. This is a free-flowing show, even though I have notes, even though I have a way that I want to navigate this uh, this podcast. It's going to be a free-flowing show. What's good, Time My Sports? Appreciate you so much for hopping on the stream. He says, what's good? We'll be, a, we'll be very annoyed if Curtis, Samuels, Curtis Samuel does not produce this year. I would also be annoyed because Curtis Samuel, to be honest, I don't even count him in. When I count the wide receivers on the team, I have not been counting Curtis Samuel. But I'm going to go ahead and put Curtis Samuel right next to Jahan Dotson. And we're going to talk more of Curtis Samuel when we get to the wide receiver portion of this podcast. I'm going to put that down, Curtis Samuel. So like I said, even though I do have some notes or a way that I want the show to go, it's pretty much going to flow. But um, shout out to Kareem. He was talking about um, William Jackson III today. I'm scrolling down his timeline to find exactly what he said. He kind of pretty much described William Jackson III the first, I think it was like the first six or seven games. And then he kind of talked about William Jackson III, the last 10 games. Um, can't find it uh, just yet because he tweets a lot about the Lakers. He tweets a lot about the commanders. But it was pretty much saying, so in, the, in, in, in a nutshell, William Jackson III had a poor showing last year for the first half of the season. If you look at the numbers, if you look at the game, you'll see that, you know, he struggled. Jack Del Rio has a man corner, a, sh a shutdown man corner, but he had these guys, these guys in zone last year. So towards the end of the year, you got to see William Jackson III flourish in the things that he likes to do, the things that he does well, which is press man. So they ran a lot of that, played very well, played exceptionally well. And I think he, he ranked, I think it was like 17th highest. And then, you know, prior to that last 10 games or so, you know, he struggled. 
Uh, man, I wish I can find this stat so I can, you know, share it for you guys so you guys can see. But, man, shout out to Jason Wright, man. Let me go ahead and share this first before I, I get back to this point about um, William Jackson III. I'm going to go ahead and share my screen because Barstool, I'm going to tell you guys this. Barstool is a site that is always fishing for things. They're always fishing for things, and they're always getting things right. So they had this uh, clip right here, which I'm going to play real quick. <laughs> For those of you guys that are, that are, that are going to be listening to this on the audio, this is pretty much two guys in OTAs enjoying themselves, having fun, right? These are two guys that are part of uh, Omega Sci-Fi, okay, and which Jason Wright talks about here. Um, so here's what Barstool says. Barstool says, check in on the commander's practice today. Jason Wright says, first, this is from OTAs months ago. Second, for folks that complain about the no fun league, it's strange. It's it's a strange flex. Third, this isn't random dancing. It's representing Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity, a historical black civic organization established in 1911. So, so for those of us who went to a HBCU, we understand what the Divine Nine mean. We know this is a great organization, Omega Sci-Fi. So but the, but the greatest thing about what Jason Wright said was when he says, a link to learn. I love it. So anybody can click there and learn more about what this Divine Nine organizations mean. So, yeah, shout out to Jason Wright on this. Uh, but uh, back to William Jackson III. We're going to need a healthy William Jackson III this year. We're going to need a corner that we're paying like one of the top corners in the league. That's what we're looking for, Right. So he's going to have to perform because you're paying him all this money, right? You have Kendall Fuller that you're paying all this money as well. So with these two guys, you're paying these two guys a lot of money, and that's a lot of money being allocated to that corner position. Now, granted, there are guys that need to get paid, right? So let me show you. Okay, great. Yes, I found it. I found it. I'm, I'm, I'm about to share it. Hey, Darrell, man, what's good, man? Appreciate you hopping on the stream. I'm glad that I'm able to get on here, give you guys some Commander's podcast, some Commander's content. But I want to go ahead and share this screen and discuss what um, this what, what is being said about William Jackson III and why he's a key to our success this year. So Nick um, Akridge, I, I think that's how you say it. This was shared by Kareem. So shout out to Kareem. He said the first six weeks pre-injury, right? William Jackson III was ranked 46.1 overall grade, and that was 119th highest. <laughs> That's low. That's that that is pretty bad. And then from weeks 15, sorry, from weeks 10 to 15 post-injury, um, you know, he was a 75 overall, and he was 17th highest. So we're gonna need the William Jackson III that we saw from weeks 10 to 15. It's imperative that, that, you know, we figure this thing out. Also talks about Bobby McCain. First six weeks. For some reason, the defense was not good the first six weeks of the season. So we're going to need, like, the entire secondary. All, all hands on deck. So Bobby McCain, uh, first six weeks, he was ranked 54.8 overall, uh, which was the 70th highest. 
Um, and then from weeks 7 to 18, he was 78.4 overall, and that was 12th highest. So Bobby McCain did play well, which is why we brought Bobby McCain back, filled in at, you know, as a free safety. He can play that slot nickel. Um, but it also goes to show us with losing Landon Collins, right, we're going to need that Buffalo nickel. Buffalo nickel is pretty much that guy that can play several different positions. It's not necessarily a position. It's a guy that can guard the slot, right, that can tackle like a linebacker, but can also cover like a safety. So when you have that Buffalo nickel in the game, it disguises what the defense can actually do versus various offenses. But if you have a guy that and then you say this guy is a big nickel or this guy is a big uh, safety or a, a no – so that Buffalo nickel, that that role, it's not a position, that role can do multiple different things. And it just disguises that extra linebacker sometimes. Sometimes it's that extra safety. It gives you that three-safety look without actually having three safeties designated on the field. That's why, you you know, that role uh, fit very well last year for Landon Collins. But Bobby McCain is going to be important. Um, like I said, William Jackson III, he's going to be very, very important. And let's look at Kendall Fuller. So Kendall Fuller last year, the first six weeks, for some reason, like I keep saying, the first six weeks were very, very bad. Whether it was poor play, whether it was a team not gelling, for whatever the reason was, the secondary was bad. The entire defense was bad. Um, it says uh, Kendall Fuller, the first six weeks, prior to moving outside full-time, he was a 66.3 overall. Okay, so he struggled in the slot. <laughs> then once he moved outside, he really evolved as practically our best corner last year. Uh, from weeks seven to eighteen, uh, after moving outside full time, he was at eighty five point nine overall grade, second highest. Now, what I want to say about Kendall Fuller is with Kendall Fuller playing the way that he did the second half of the season, or from weeks seven down, right? You're going to need that Kendall Fuller. You're going to need William Jackson III, right? When you put those two together, and then you have the improved play of Bobby McCain, right? It's kind of keeping this secondary together. Now, during OTAs, I've not heard too much about camp, but they had Benjamin St. Juice, Benjamin St. Juice playing a lot of the you know slot position. People say, oh, well, he's a big corner. He's supposed to be on the outside. It doesn't really matter what your size is. If you can play outside, play inside, it's all about what part of the field fits your skill set and, you know, where can you play better at? So I think Benjamin St. Juice can play inside or, or out, but I do like him inside. You know what I'm saying? There's no doubt in my mind that you can disguise Benjamin St. Juice sometimes as that Buffalo nickel role, just because he's a bigger corner. Um, you know, I don't too much know about his tackling and things of that nature, but we're going to quickly find out as the season goes on. But just to see that our secondary are these three guys, right? And I've not really mentioned um, Cameron Curl. We all know what Cameron Curl brings to the table. Um, so here's a little clip about Cameron Curl. But let me see what he says about Cameron Curl here. He says, this is what happens when you are comfortable and you trust each other in the secondary. Cameron Curl and uh, McCain pick up, pick up the in-break routes. Jackson drops and takes the first flat. Fuller eventually drops off to Danny Johnson and then makes the game ceiling pick. So here's a quick little um, visual for those that are watching. If you're, you know, listening on audio, I pretty much already broke it down. So this is pretty much communication, communication, and there's something that's called chemistry, right? Secondary is going to need that. Um, 
Let me see what Darrell says. He says, Fuller needs to slide into the slot. I agree, but like I've just mentioned, Fuller did struggle in the slot last year, at least the first six games. Like, we don't know what happened after, you know, could he have played better had he came back into the slot the rest of the year? I think it was more so of a chemistry issue for Kendall Fuller. Um, I do like Benjamin St. Juice outside, but at the end of the day, between William Jackson III, Benjamin St. Juice, and Kendall Fuller, I think we have a, a great group of, not great, but they could be great. They could be great. I'll say good to great corners. We already have the pass rush. Now, this brings me to my next point, which is the linebackers. I don't know what we're about to get out of our linebacking core. It really scares me. Also, we just signed Nate Jerry, uh, Nate Nate Gary, Nate Gary, whatever his name is. So he was, you know, was a four-time star, a four-year starter for the Eagles, or a three-year starter for the Eagles, or so. Eagles fans tell me that the guy is trash. The guy is terrible. Um, <laughs> we're gonna see when the season starts, but man, yeah. Darrell just says, LB is the weakness. It is the weakness, and I'm sick and tired of people saying, oh, well, we only play two linebackers. We don't play three linebackers. At the end of the day, you still need some depth pieces on that linebacking core because what happens is if somebody is to get hurt, it's, it's only going to hurt our squad. Okay, so we have Cole Holcomb, who played great last year or played good last year. It could be better. Um, he's due for a contract this year. I think Cole Holcomb has a great season next year. Um, he was like tops in uh, in uh, tackles for linebackers. I think he's going to take a whole other step this season. So let's say, God forbid, Cole Holcomb gets hurt, right? You have Jamin Davis, who struggled as a middle linebacker, right? He played better outside. So you have Cole Holcomb, who they're grooming to be a middle linebacker. So you're going to see a lot of Cole Holcomb inside, and you're going to see a lot of Jamin Davis outside, right? I've heard reports that Jamin Davis feels a, a 10 times better. He's learning. He's grasping. But talk is cheap. We're going to have to see how preseason goes and the first few games of the season to kind of see, is he really grasping? Is he really getting what's going on? We're going to need Jamin Davis to be a sure-handed tackler. We're going to need, need we're going to need Jamin Davis to play some of that Buffalo nickel when needed. Because, <laughs> like, I mean, if you have three linebackers out there, somebody, somebody has to cover the slot from time to time. You have to cover the flat. You have to do several different things being a linebacker. And what we – desperately need is a coverage linebacker. I think that Jamie Davis has all the tools, all the skills to be that guy. Will he be that guy? We don't know. We have to see how the season goes. So uh, to cut the long story short, so if something happens to Cole Holcomb and Jamie Davis, then what do you do? You know, you have Khalid Hudson, you have guys like David Mayo, who I'm not a fan of. Nate Jerry, Gary, whatever his name is, I'm not a fan of. We had, we had multiple, multiple chances to sign better vet linebackers. And somebody said that Ron Rivera is treating this linebacker position like it's like something that's like so mediocre. Like, like he doesn't care. Like you can find linebackers anywhere. I started to adapt the rule that you don't draft off-ball linebackers in the first round. Okay. You can find linebackers in the second, third, fourth, fifth round. Right. But in this year's draft, we didn't get anybody. We didn't draft anybody. None. Nobody. Like no linebackers. We didn't draft anybody then we don't sign anybody. So we're going to rock with <laughs> Cole Holcomb and we're going to rock with Jamin Davis, right? Yeah, you invested a, a first-round draft capital on Jamin Davis. I get that. Jamin Davis has not panned out. But that does not mean you don't continue to invest in this position. It reminds me of the year we drafted Antonio Gandy-Golden, who has retired. 
Then the very next year, we saw that Gandy Golden wasn't that dude. He wasn't that guy. Then you go ahead and drafted Deami Brown in the third round. So you draft somebody in the fourth round, draft somebody in the third round, and then pan out. Like I wouldn't say that it has not panned out yet for Deami Brown. I think he has a chance to be a solid piece, solid you know role player for the Commanders this year. But what I do want to say is, when you don't invest in a position. You're going to end up using more draft capital over the years to keep addressing this mistake or this position that you just cannot get right. Now, we don't know if Cole Holcomb leaves next year. If Cole Holcomb leaves next year, then what do you and what is it? Is Jamin Davis ready to take the reins? So we're going to need a lot of growing up from Jamin Davis. We're going to need Jamin Davis to really step up and have a big year. It's imperative. First round pick. I mean, a year, second year under that system, but. Yeah, you can't keep treating the linebacker in position like it's nothing. We had Pat White. Pat White from Notre Dame, smaller guy, but was a guy that I was excited about. I was excited for Pat White this year. That didn't quite pan out either, right? He got hurt. He's out for the season. And then that leaves us to Trey Walker, who was another undrafted guy, you know, undrafted free agent. You know, the, the team was excited about him. And then he retires. Then the next day, he magically says, you know what? I'm coming back to play football. So, with all this retiring early, it makes me wonder, maybe Gandy Golden, let's talk about Gandy Golden first. Maybe Gandy Golden knew that he was not going to make the team. So he said, you know what, let me go ahead and make my exit now. So Gandy Golden didn't really pan out, fourth round pick, whatever. Sometimes you 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 gain some, you lose some. We lost on that one as a fourth round pick. We can recoup that later on. Then you move to Trey Walker, who maybe he felt he wasn't going to make the team either. Then he retires, and then all of a sudden, maybe he sees the need for linebacker and says, you know what, I got a shot, or at least let me try. Let me try to make the team. If I don't make the team, then I can retire. Matter of fact, you don't even have to retire because if you get cut, nobody picks you up. You're done, right? So let's see if Trey Walker makes the team, but overall linebacker is a true, true weakness. So we've talked about the corner position. We've also talked about the linebacking, linebacking core or lack of. Now, let's move on to the wide receiver position. You got Jahan Dotson, who has been playing great, you know, or has been doing great through OTAs, rookie camps, mini camps, now camp. Jahan Dotson, yes, we didn't get Chris Olave. So throughout the season, as I do my podcast, I'm going to have a segment. It's going to be called the Olave versus Dotson (laughs) versus Jamison Williams. We're going to have to just analyze – just his first season. I'm not saying that Olave is better than Dotson or Williams better than Dotson because we don't know. We don't know. Sometimes you draft these guys just because they were the first or the second or it doesn't matter where your draft is all about. Do you produce? Are you in the right system? Can you be that player that your team saw when they drafted you? So Jahan Dotson has been as advertised. He makes acrobatic catches. He says that he likes to, to look at the ball as if it's a million bucks. And Jahan Dotson loves his money, so he's not going to let money slip away. He, You throw it up there, he has, he, he is sure-handed. He goes up there, he grabs it, even in his short or smaller frame. I'll say smaller frame because I do think he's going to get bigger, tougher, stronger as the years go on. But for right now, people are comparing him to a guy like Tyler Lockett. As good and great as Tyler Lockett is, I don't see I, – I think that Jahan Dotson can be better than Tyler Lockett. Jahan Dotson is more athletic, he's faster, bigger hands, and he has a, a larger catch radius. I mean, the guy 
is sure-handed. You throw it there, he's going to get it. He plays like, like a guy that's 6'3". Jahan Dotson, right now, obviously he's not played a game yet, so I can't really say, oh, he's better than this guy or he can be this guy or that guy. What I'm saying from what I know now, from what I've seen, Jahan Dotson is who we wanted Antonio Gandy-Golden to be. Even when Antonio Gandy-Golden was here, you don't, you didn't see the hype. You didn't see the flash. Antonio Gandy-Golden never even really popped in practice. You know, a few things here and there, but he really didn't even pop. Jahan Dotson, you're seeing those characteristics now. A lot of people were saying, oh, well, Terry McLaurin might leave or Terry McLaurin this, that. I think that Terry McLaurin is going to help Jahan Dotson and Dotson is going to help Terry McLaurin. Now, let's go ahead and transition to a guy that I never include as part of the wide receiving core, and that's Curtis Samuel. To be honest, I do not know who Curtis Samuel is. I have not seen Curtis Samuel play for the commanders. He was there last year. You know, he'll come in sporadically, then he gets hurt. He's back. He gets hurt again. This year during camp, they've been really, really, really cautious with Curtis Samuel. I don't think that Curtis Samuel should play not one preseason game. I don't trust him. I don't trust him. Curtis Samuel can definitely be used as a Swiss Army knife, but so far, him being this fragile, I don't even want Curtis Samuel running the ball. I do not want to see Curtis Samuel not with one carry. So, can Curtis Samuel really be a difference maker for the commanders? I absolutely think he can. But I don't get my hopes up when I look at Curtis Samuel. There's tons of uh, 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 people that I play Dynasty football with, and they're sending me Curtis Samuel because they know that I'm a Washington Commanders fan. But I don't even want to touch Curtis Samuel in fantasy, let alone Dynasty. Like, for right now, I'm good. I do have some Curtis Samuel shares in Dynasty, but he's the ultimate wild card. You don't know what you're going to get out of Curtis Samuel. We know who Terry is. At least we're seeing what Jahan Dotson can be. So I'm excited about those two guys. Curtis Samuel, he's the wild card. If he plays well, this offense can be really, really explosive. Terry McLaurin was talking about the, you know, like the connection that he's gaining with Carson Wentz. And I'm starting to love to hear that because you want to hear your QB1 and your wide receiver one coming to one accord. There was a, a practice, a night practice, and, you know, beautiful throw by Carson Wentz hitting Terry McLaurin. And Terry McLaurin says, you know what? That was the first time that we have done this or worked on this, and it worked. And this is particularly something that you can see in the game. So he treated that rep as a game rep. So with preseason, I know Ron Rivera said that Carson Wentz is going to play. Um, I believe that Carson Wentz possibly plays this first preseason game. Really, Carson Wentz needs as much reps as possible. I think it's imperative to you know have Carson Wentz play at least two of the three preseason games. We're going to get to the preseason game just uh, soon, soon. But um, like I said earlier, we are going to have that segment going as the season goes on to compare Chris Olave to Jahan Dotson to Jamison Williams. Now, I love us trading down to get a Dotson and then everything else that came with the Dotson trade down. So, yeah, it's going to be something to monitor between Olave Dotson and Jamison Williams. At least I'm going to monitor that for this season. After this season, I'm going to let it go. I just, I just kind of want to see how each player, you know, fares. Okay, you look at Olave, he might be in the best system. You have a great coach. You have a great defense. You have a veteran quarterback in Winston, right? But then you have Michael Thomas and Kamara, so there's more weapons around him. So the pressure on Olave is not as great 
as the pressure on Dotson. Dotson is literally he's brought here to produce immediately. Like you need Dotson to to you know produce immediately. Uh, you don't have a Kamara here. You know you don't even have a, a guy of Michael Thomas's pedigree so far. We all love Terry, uh, but Michael Thomas has done something that a lot of people haven't done until Terry leaves the league and you know catches or yards or touchdowns or something like that. Then you can start to put Terry on this pedestal. But Terry has all the tools to be a great receiver in this league, which he already is. But it's like we need to temper expectations, right? Like we haven't seen Terry be top 10 in yards, top 10 in catches, top 10 in this. So there's different categories. But I think that you're going to start to see Terry's ascension go up and up and up and up and up. And this starts this season. I think that Terry possibly has his best season catches, yards, and even touchdowns. So we have to see. Um, how good that defense is. If the defense is so good that they're keeping teams from scoring, then maybe the numbers dip a little bit because then you're not going to be passing the ball as much when you're winning, right? You're going to run the ball, which is why they drafted Brian Robinson Jr., who I do think eventually takes a job from from Antonio Gibson. But we'll see if I'm right or wrong as the season progresses. I want Antonio Gibson to, you know, to do well. I want Brian uh, Johnson Jr. to, I mean, sorry, Brian Robinson Jr. to be, that compliment. I mean, it'll be lovely if both guys can rush for almost a thousand yards each, right? That's what you want. That's that's a dream for a team and a defense and a team that's trying to make the playoffs and do all these great things. So we talked about Dotson. We talked about Curtis Samuel. Let's go ahead and shift gears to Dayami Brown. You know, he's here and he now has a quarterback that can throw the ball. So Carson Wentz loves to throw the ball. He has a guy in Naomi Brown that's a burner. If he gets open, if he get if he gets deep, you can throw that ball to him. Curtis Samuel has a speed. Uh, Dotson. I mean, we have plenty of receivers with speed, but we also know that Carson Wentz loves his tight end. Tight end is the other position. It was not in my notes. I wasn't I wasn't going to talk about the tight end position, but I got to talk about it. You know. Cole Turner, fifth-round pick, one of my favorite picks in the entire draft. Um, I'm expecting great things out of Cole Turner, even this season. I can see about 30 catches, about maybe two, 300 yards, maybe three or four touchdowns. That's kind of what I see out of Cole Turner. And that and that for a rookie coming in, that's great. Logan Thomas, which I was going to talk about next, but Logan Thomas with, with his injury, Ron Rivera has not really revealed when he's coming back. It's, it's looking like Logan Thomas is going to be on that pup list and season starts. What is it? Like he missed, what, four games? Um, was it three or four games? Either way, he's going to miss three to four games. I don't know what the rule is. Uh, I know it, cha- it it's changed in the past, but uh, it, like, it, like it used to be if you're on that pup list, then you miss six games, right? It's no longer six games. At least I know it's not six games. So you're talking about three to four games. Um, if Logan Thomas is not there, right, the team is not really added a veteran tight end. It worked out. Steve Carlson um, played for Seattle. Um, whether he makes a team or not, it doesn't really matter. Or they sign him or not, it doesn't really matter. Um, we have a group of young tight ends. And the only thing that scares me is that all these tight ends are young and it's hard to grasp that tight end position in the NFL. You have uh, Colterna being hurt. You know He's working on the side in camp camps right now. You have John Bates who was hurt. He came back. You know, you have Hodges and you have uh, this guy and that guy. So, essentially, if Logan Thomas starts out on the pup, Simmons Reyes is a guy I think makes a team just because of that. But when Logan Thomas comes back, 
They're going to keep Cole Turner. They're going to keep um, – what's his name? John Bates. And then it looks like Simmons Reyes might be the odd man out either way it goes. It's just, it's just hard to keep four tight ends or, you know, depending on how the roster makeup is, it looks like we're, like we're going to keep four running backs. So keeping four running backs, keeping four tight ends, that's really, really tough, especially when you have defensive needs. Um, the other guy I want to talk about in terms of injury is Chase Young. Chase Young is going to be another guy that starts the year on that pub, and they're going to take their precious time with Chase Young. They want to bring him back when he's fully healthy, even if it means bringing him back week 9, week 10, week 11, week 12. you got to have Chase 100% healthy, completely healthy. Now, who's going to be that guy that, that steps up and takes his place? You know what I'm saying? We have James Smith-Williams. You have all these, you know, different guys, all these international guys that are, you know, DNs and, and things of that nature. So, until preseason comes, I can't really just say, hey, this guy's going to do this and this because there's always that guy that nobody's looking at that steps up and starts to make a name for themselves in the in the first preseason game. You know, camp is great for those that are following camp. I'm not following camp as closely as I have over the years, but I, I read things here and there, but I've not really followed camp like I normally do just because I've been so busy. Obviously, you guys have seen that I've not produced a lot of Commander's content, let alone podcasts. So, we talked about Chase Young. We talked about Logan Thomas. We've talked about the tight end position improv. And now I want to get to the first preseason game. First preseason game is going to be this Saturday, if uh, I'm not mistaken. I'm going to pull up the schedule real quick. I'm going to share my screen. Um, I'm excited for some football, man. For the fact that football is here and we have a chance to start watching preseason games as soon as this week. It just makes me feel good. Uh, I live in Nashville, Tennessee, so I got to see one of my commanders uh, guys, and uh, he was telling me, man, hey, he's excited for the season. He's talking about getting together for the game preseason. I'm like, I don't know about all that. You know, I'm not you know, so excited just to go to a sports bar and watch a preseason game, but I am definitely glad that you know preseason is back. So I'm going to share this screen real quick. Let's look at the schedule. Um, so – First week of preseason. If it shows it to me. I know it's yes, yeah, Saturday. So Saturday, we're gonna be playing the Carolina Panthers. Go figure. At Washington. It's gonna be Saturday at um 12 p.m. Central Time. So when you're playing the Panthers, we already know we have the history. We're pretty much the the other Panthers, right? <laughs> uh let me see what just hey Justin, man. What's good, man? Appreciate you hopping on this uh stream. It says, um, I'm back. I don't know if you remember. I remember you, Justin. I remember you. Um, it says, I got pick five in my draft. Who should I take PPR? All right. So if I'm doing a draft and it's PPR and it's redraft, pick five, I'm looking at guys like Austin Eckler, if he's available, Christian McCaffrey, um, Dalvin Cook, Najee Harris. Those, those are just – so pretty much I'm leading a stud running back. You know, Cooper Cup might go in the top five. If he does, he's going to slide the running backs down. But, yeah, I would definitely take a stud running back at pick five because by the time he makes it back to you, it's going to be tough. So that's my little fantasy football, you know what I'm saying, uh, 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 segment there into this Commander's podcast. But it's all good. Um, it's about that time. I will be doing a fantasy football um, stream later on this week. So you guys look out for that because as, as the season gears up, I'll, I'll have two or three shows running. I'll have the, uh, the NFL show, fantasy football show, of course, the Washington Commanders. And then once the NBA season starts, 
I will toss in that um, that NBA in as well. Yes, got your hero RB. Absolutely. You got to get that hero RB. got to get the running back. Running back is the most important position when it comes to fantasy football. It's not that many great running backs. But back to this Commanders-Panthers um, matchup. Um, when you when you look at the storylines, just off the top of my head, right, Carolina, you got Baker Mayfield and you have Sam Darnold. I guarantee you that Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield both play on Saturday. It's going to be interesting to see. These are two starting caliber type quarterbacks, so you're going to get to see them for an extended period of time. Also, Matt Corral, a guy that a lot of Washington fans liked, um, he's going to be there. He's going to play, so we're going to get, get our first look at Matt Corral. Um, then you guys can dream about what could have been, what should have been, blase, blase. But on the flip side, you're going to see Sam Howell, a guy that I've not really talked about this entire show, Sam Howell versus Matt Corral. That's, that's something to look at to see who is the better of these two young quarterbacks, like, you know, like the potential. Is there upside there for both teams? Because I'm telling you, if the Carolina Panthers end up being bad this season, you're going to see Matt Corral come in sooner than later. Baker Mayfield is a free agent after this season. I looked at the 25 top free agents. I'm going to close the show with the 25 top free agents. Okay. But so we're looking at, at, the, at the quarterbacks. We're, gonna, we're possibly going to see Carson Wentz a little bit. I want to see that Carson Wentz, the Terry connection. I want to see what Deami Brown can do in year two. I'll be looking at Curtis Samuel, but I don't think Curtis Samuel is going to play. On the flip side, on the defensive side, Carolina is going to have a really good defense. You're going to have a really good defense this year. So if you are playing fantasy football, you might want to go ahead and grab a Carolina Panthers defense DST. I think they're going to be great this season. Also, on the flip side, on the commander's side, who is going to play in this first game? I want to see some William Jackson III. I want to see a few of our defenders at least play like one series or a few snaps. These guys need to start getting acclimated into football. Yeah, You're going to see hits, hopefully no injuries, but it's all a part of the game. Whether you get hurt in the first preseason game or you get hurt in the last season's game. It's, injuries do happen. You, like you hope and pray that they don't happen, but it could happen. So I'm looking forward to seeing as many of our starting level type players get a few snaps here and there. But on the flip side, you're going to see our young players uh, play. I'm excited about Sam Howell. I'm excited about some of the wide receivers we have on the squad. Dax Mill, I want to see him play. So preseason is a, it's a, it's a, it's a great time to really get these guys, you know, going. But like I said, before I close the show, I said I wanted to give you guys one more um, one more share of the screen. And it's pretty much the top 25 uh, free agents this year. Okay, this is CBS Sports Line. Um, the 2023 class is going to be crazy. Uh, you got Saquon Barkley ranked at 25. You have Tony Pollard. Hopefully Tony Pollard leaves the Dallas Cowboys. I think he's going to be the better running back between Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard this year. Uh, you have David Montgomery, you have Puno Ford, the tackle from Seattle, you have Yannick Ngakwe. It seems like this guy just does one-year deals. He's only 27 years old, but this guy has just been a free agent. He'll be on his fifth team. He'll be on his fifth different team if he's, you know, to leave uh, the Colts once more. You have Baker Mayfield. We talked about him. He is auditioning for his NFL life. Uh, you have uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, pretty good safety from the Saints. Um, he's going to get paid. Uh, you have Marcus Peters. It seems like Marcus Peters has been playing forever. 
he'll be 30 years old next off season. So, uh, you know, older corner, he doesn't really hold that, hold that value like he used to. Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be a free agent. Bradley Chubb. You have Javon Hargrave. You have Doron Payne. And this is part of the reason why I wanted to show you guys this. Doron Payne is going to be a free agent. I think that Doron Payne is going to play great this season. Here's what they said about Doron Payne, okay? It says, Washington Commanders probably have the best defensive line in the NFL. With headliners like Jonathan Allen and Chase Young, it almost makes Payne a bit underrated. But don't get it twisted. Payne is a stud. Teams have even called Washington this offseason to see if he's available via trade. Last year, Payne totaled a career-high 61 combined tackles with four-and-a-half sacks, third most on the team. You have to remember that. He also had 15 QB hits. So Deron Payne is a dog. He's a dog. On any other team, he'll blossom. He'll get more accolades. He'll have more than 4.5 sacks. But it's hard to get more than 4.5 sacks when Jonathan Allen had, what, nine? So – I mean, it just is what it is. I think that Deron Payne plays well. There's there's a slim chance that the commanders do resign him, but we don't know what the future holds. Uh, James Bradbury is on this list. You have Mike Giusecki. Um, you have Jenkins. You have Dalton Schultz. You have Jack Coughlin, um, Eric McCoy, Jesse Bates, a guy that I've heard rumored to Washington in terms of a, a guy that you can trade for. But honestly... If you're trading for Jesse Bates, it's going to be a one-year rental. You're probably going to give up a fourth-round pick to have Jesse Bates play the rest of the season. We've done that before with HaHa Clinton Dix, and we did not resign him. So the only good thing is if you trade for Jesse Bates and you do not sign him, if you let him walk in free agency, you can get a comp pick. But how much more? So let's say you trade you trade for a third. I mean, for a fourth and he walks and gets a high contract and you possibly get a third, uh, it's, it's, just, it's pretty much a wash. So I don't see a scenario where going after Jesse Bates at any point in time is good for Washington. Because at the end of the day, you got guys that you want to pay. You don't want to go ahead and bring in a guy, lose draft capital, and then you pay him. It just doesn't make any sense. Now, going after him in free agency next year makes plenty of sense. Maybe you get him at a good deal. He gets to reunite with his guy, William Jackson third, and that whole nine. So... Roquan Smith, Derwin James, who's in a holding right now, Orlando Brown, Quentin Nelson, Lamar Jackson, and Tom Brady. I think that's a spicy class of free agents. But, guys, this is the Back Row Commander Show. Appreciate you guys for hopping on. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel, Talking Sports with Manny. Please subscribe to the Washington Podcast, which is the Back Row Commander Show. And I will catch you guys on the next episode. You guys be great. I'm out. Peace.